right, so we are going to jump right into this bitch. Everyone ready? Yeah. Heck yeah, yes. let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yes. Yes. Mimi's ready. Ted, are you ready? I pass. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you have to answer. My own friend. Uh, what, what were the other lifelines? It was phone a friend and phone a friend asked the audience and yeah, um, yeah, fifty fifty. That's 50, right. 50, ah, yeah. yes, we have a, a few people here that watched that show. Who wants to be a millionaire? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I'll never forget that one episode where that guy, like, he got all the way to the very end without using any of his lifelines, and he used the phone a friend to call his dad to let him know that he was about to win. Yeah, you, that's a god tier flex. Right. You, <laughs> Mimi, do you remember? Did you ever see that video? I did. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's a true sign of the times watching that video because you see what he's wearing and it's obviously like painfully 90s. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but like still, like Ted said, God tier flex. It's... I think he was the first one to win the show. What, was he? I think so. Uh, well, he did it in fucking style because uh, you know what? I don't know what any of this has to do with like geeky stuff, um, but it is one hell of a way to kick off the podcast. Yes. Um, sure. Uh, you you have briefly heard uh, Mimi uh, pronounce your last name for me one more time, Mimi. Uh, Bataglia. 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 Yep. Mimi Bataglia. God, it's just because I've said it the wrong way in my head like a million times by now. Um, we have Mimi Bataglia joining uh, us today. We are going to be talking about cosplay once again, like last week, but it's going to be different kind of cosplay yes um yes thanks ted um (laughs) we're going to (laughs) we're going to be talking about cosplay kind of how it relates to um conventions and going to conventions cosplaying at cons um how they relate to panels and uh some other convention type stuff will be thrown in there as well uh a lot of these talking points uh, were were thankfully brought to us by Mimi. Uh, she had uh, a lot of input to give us for for what we could discuss during this episode. So thankfully we have her. Um, so yes, thank you, Mimi, for joining us. No <laughs> um, so let's uh, let's go ahead and uh, kick things off. Um, as far as cosplay goes. When when did you first start getting into cosplay? Um, what, what were like the kind of the circumstances that led to you getting into it, and what was your first cosplay? So I, I guess I'm a late bloomer. So that was in 2012 when I was like I don't know 27, 28. I don't I stopped counting. But um, <laughs> okay. And then like my sister's a big cosplayer. She's pretty big in the Nashville scene. She's won quite a bit of awards. She's a master class cosplayer, and you oh, know wow. it's kind of. It kind of sucks when your little sibling's like a lot better at everything than you are. I know, right? <laughs> so I'm just like, you know what? I'm gonna try this. She can't be better at everything than me. And so, <laughs> and at right. the t- and at the time, we were um, my husband was stationed out in Hawaii, so we were going to a convention in Hawaii. And I'm like, why not? I don't know anybody, so I can't, you know, suffer from that much embarrassment. Embarrassment. Mm-hmm. So like, my first cosplay was way over my head. I cosplayed as Pain Wheel from Skullgirls. Okay. So I had this giant thing sticking out of my back, and it was like twice my size, and I couldn't carry it. It just like it was kind of sad after a while. <laughs> but um, 
I think I could probably do better now, but it was my first shot, and I kind of just dove right in, and... Sure. I'm like, oh, whatever, it'll work. If I glue this to that, I'm sure it'll stick. But, like, <laughs> kind of just slapping things together. But, um, I mean, I've always been a pretty crafty person, so I figured it... Whatever. But, um... Right. And since, um, moving from Hawaii, I probably cosplay more out here in Nashville than I did in Hawaii. I did a couple of X-Men cosplays just because... Mm. The Marvel scene was pretty big out there, and um, it's kind of sure. followed me out here. So, okay. I do a lot of Marvel cosplays, and then um, as you as you know, I do the Marvel mm-hmm. photo shoots at most of the cons around here because yep. they were super fun in Hawaii. Like, it was the biggest, like the big photo shoot was always the Marvel photo shoot. So I'm like, why not bring it over here? So it's it's been pretty successful. It's been growing a lot every year. Like when I, I think I did the first shoot, it was like maybe five or six people, and they were mm-hmm. all dead bulls, of course. <laughs> Oh, wow. It was like... Uh, yeah. Um, no, I, I remember going to MTAC. Uh, my, it wasn't my first time at MTAC, but it was my first time cosplaying. And it was uh, it was my, my very first Spidey suit. And it was the Iron Spider. And I, I, I don't know if you were at the that Marvel and Marvel versus DC photo shoot that was at, out back behind, like kind of where they were doing like the Ninja Warrior stuff. Um, but like, like they had like Thanos towering over everyone. Yeah. That one was a kind of a hot mess. Cause like I was, (laughs) I was supposed to host the shoot, but I had my panel right before the shoot. So I couldn't get out there in time. That's that's right. I remember you mentioning that. Um, yeah, it it was, uh, it was a hot mess for me for a different reason. Mm -hmm. Uh, one, because it was so fucking hot and two, like I was still in the middle of losing weight, so I was like forty pounds heavier than I am now. Uh, so looking back, I'm like, ugh. <laughs> um, but hey, like I did remember to wear my dance belt, and that's more than I can We're say. We're all very for... thankful for that. <laughs> yes. Um, so, uh, we're, we're definitely going to get into dance belt material here in, in just a bit. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, continuing on, uh, have you had a favorite cosplay, uh, this far? I, I know that you pull off a fucking fantastic Mantis cosplay. Mantis is probably my favorite because it's probably okay. the easiest one for me to do, oddly enough. Like, sure. I feel comfortable in it, so I'm not really worried about it. Like, when I'm doing, like, you know, Mrs. Incredible or any of my other super spoods and stuff like that, I always feel like I I gotta be, like, completely wrapped up in all my shape work, and I feel like if I move a little bit too much, something's gonna jiggle, and it's just not gonna be good. Sure. So, I that would be my most comfortable one. And okay. it's my most popular one. I mean, I do it when I'm with the Cosplay Collective, when we're doing, like, a little charity event. I usually wear Mantis, because she's pretty recognizable. Right. And most people have seen the Avengers movie, so it's not like, you know, who are you kind of... Yeah, yeah, I, I think Mantis at this point in time, just with uh, the the huge popularity of uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy and the fact that she's kind of been in all the Avengers movies since then, uh, at least that, I, that I'm aware of. Um, but yeah, like I said, you pull off an amazing Mantis cosplay. Thank you. Um, yes. Um, do do you have a preference of like DIY versus like your ready-made costumes? I, I wasn't sure what the the level of D, DIY is that that you incorporate typically because I know you said you you are a pretty crafty person. So when I first started off, I tried to do everything like one hundred percent handmade because you know okay. just like okay, I'm gonna do this, and I'm no, 
I'm not about that anymore. So right now I'm no. about, <laughs> nope, I'm about 50-50. You know, half of it's, you know, pre-made, ready-made, and then half of it I'll either add on to it or I'll make the props for it and things like that. I am much prefer prop making over clothing because sure. just clothing is not really that much fun for me. And then you know, props right. are pretty easy. So like, for example, like with the Spider-Man cosplay, it's twenty ninety nine. It's mm-hmm. like I got the basic suit. But then okay. I made my own lenses. I made my own arm spikes, and I got a little magnetic oh, setup wow. for it, and everything like that. And then, and with my spidey suits, I had my own sold onto the bottom of them. So, wow, that's cool. Um, saving myself you, a little bit of money. Yeah, for sure. Um, do now with your props, do you use like a three D printer or anything? I do not. I'm usually using mostly foam and um, okay. either Everfoam or insulation foam. I use a lot. Okay, that's cool. Um, I have been trying for a long time to get Ted to cosplay. Uh, he will not do it. Uh, that is in because... fact correct. He will not. <laughs> uh, I think he would pull off an amazing Wilson Fisk cosplay because he has the uh, accurate build for it. Um, and uh, he, uh, I would even buy him like a skull cap to, to wear or what whatever that's called where you, you use uh, spirit gum to a bold put cap. it on your... Yeah, bald, bald cap. cap. Sure. Yeah, we'll, we'll go with that. Um, but the closest that I've convinced him to cosplay is like getting a hello, my name is, and writing Dave on it and putting it on his shirt. Uh, I That might be pushing boundaries. I, I don't know. <laughs> but uh, I, it seemed like last time we talked, he was okay with doing that. Am I right, Ted? Uh, yeah, that's going to be about the extent of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's, that's just Ted's thing. He, he likes to, to rock the, he, I, I, I call him like the, 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 the big the old Steve. Right. Yes. The, I call him the big old Steve jobs. Uh, I don't call him that, but you know, Steve jobs wore the same thing all the time. Ted wears the same thing all the time, but yeah. he's known for that. I have his um, look. four shirts. Uh, three of them are black, one of them is navy blue, uh, and four <laughs> pairs of pants, three of them are khaki, and one of them is black. So, uh, <laughs> Yes, that's what I'm talking I dress about. Like, I dress like a dad, basically. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, now the question is, do you have a pair of white New Balances that you mow the lawn in with tube socks? No, no, I, I don't, because <laughs> I haven't ascended to that level just yet, but... <laughs> Well, you are not rocking 100% dad core then. Uh, That's and, true. And I am not either, thankfully. I, I have not sunk to that level yet. Uh, thank God. Um, hopefully I'll, I'll never get to that point where one day I wake up and I'm okay with wearing white New Balances. Just jumping on coming traffic. Uh, anyways, um, <laughs> uh, getting off onto tangents. Uh, so... Let's uh, let's dive into a little bit of cosplay when it kind of relates to conventions. Uh, Mimi, you you definitely have some experience working at conventions. You've been an exhibitor, artist, or you know been there. You have a booth, either selling stuff. Uh, I think you've been to a couple conventions promoting some sort of brand. You've been to conventions where you've hosted panels, like you said earlier. Uh-huh. Um, can you uh, talk a little bit about the uh, some of the panels that you've run um, and and their topics and and all that? 
Yeah, so the most popular panel I run is probably going to be my super suit panel, which okay. I basically show everybody how to cover up their junk because nobody wants to see those little bits, you know? Yep. <laughs> nobody wants to see them. So it's, it's, it's pretty basic, but it kind of gets a little bit in the depth. I'm not going to be like, you know, just wear a dance belt because the dance belt doesn't work for everybody. So I got to get into all the nitty gritty. Like you got to tuck it, you got to swish it around, whatever, <laughs> you know, you got to make it work. <laughs> What'd you say, Ted? I said like double-sided tape. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Like dance belts are a funny topic, but like, God damn, do they work wonders? Like I, it was like night and day, uh, you know, wearing one or not wearing one and then wearing one. I was like, where has this been all my life? Like, I can't believe I wore this suit without one. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I don't want to seem like I, I'm checking out, you know, cosplayers junk, <laughs> but it's super obvious when you don't have one on and trust me, you, you, you want to have one on. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and or maybe do, like, like, do something because, you know, I'm, I'm sure like maybe said they don't work for everybody, but you should do, you should do something. Yeah. Right. And uh, Mimi, uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but like, it's pretty important for both men and women to wear them. Yes. So, um, not necessarily dance belts for the women, but shapewear is always a good thing to wear because, um, sure. um, it basically helps. Like, you know, some people are a little chunkier than others. Some people are a little thicker around different areas. So, mm-hmm. obviously, you got to get the dreaded camel toe if you're. Yes. <laughs> so you got to take care of that. So the shapewear will help out with that, and. Mm-hmm. It's just overall, it's more comfortable. Like, I know some women that just go completely naked under their suits, and I can't imagine that. Like, <laughs> that feels gross to me, so I'm not even, like, <laughs> just, just walking around sweating in a suit. Like, I sweat so much in my suit, I can't imagine just, like, sweating around naked. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'd be terrified to, like, clean my suit. I- I'm not sure how that's done. Maybe, like, through dry cleaners, I, I guess mm-hmm. you could purifying but. fire <laughs> after you sweat into per- man that's nuts to me like um yeah you said nuts <laughs> well on played. topic uh that's crazy to me just like the idea because spandex is like maybe this is just me but like spandex is so weird feeling so i can't right. imagine and that's just spandex. like some of these people that, that i've seen doing cosplays like some of them are pretty ornate and i can't imagine that they're very breathable so Right. Basically, it sounds terrible all around. I, I don't know. I have nothing else to contribute. Basically. <laughs> no, I mean, like, uh, there, there's, I'd say there's like a, a two hour window in my Spidey suit where like it feels great. And then all of a sudden something clicks and I'm like, all right, it's time to get the fuck out of this monkey suit. <laughs> what? Yeah, I, mean, I definitely I, feel that one too. Like you'll see me walking out, fucking ripping off my eyes, ripping off my mask. <laughs> like I can't breathe. Yeah, it'd it be like that sometimes. Um, but yeah, so uh, other than the um, uh, the super, you said it was the, called the super suit panel. Yeah, yeah, it's on yeah, super suit basics basically. And then um, some of the other panels I do, and I'm trying to remember what other panels I do. Um, one of them is um, I do it with my husband. It's basically a little potions panel. It's like. It's for kids. It's aimed at children where we make like little science experiments. Like last year we made um, slime. We made some fizzing bath salts and we kind of give them like the whole Harry Potter kind of vibe to it. So the kids like it, of course. And then we get a lot of adults coming in too. They have fun because 
my husband is really good at ad libbing and he's good at being in character, so I'm I'm terrible at that, but he helps <laughs> carry awesome. it. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Uh we it kind of sounds like um ha, did you ever go to any of those um way late playdates at the science center? I never got to. Every time I because okay. it was always um I was on dialysis for a while, so every time there was a play date, it was always after a dialysis session, and then that gotcha. wasn't happening for me. Yeah, it, it your your panel sounds very similar to that. Like they would, uh, I mean, it was like officially Harry Potter themed, but they would kind of work uh, work in in some of the their own like little science panels that they had, like. I think there was like a potions one and they try to incorporate some Harry Potter lore into there and, and all that. Um, so it's pretty fun. I mean, it was an excuse to hang out with, uh, grown adults dressed up as wizards and drink beer and get sorted into your, your Hogwarts house and all that. So it's fun. Uh, but yeah, uh, so, uh, aside from running panels, like you've also, You've also attended conventions as like an artist or vendor, exhibitor, etc. Correct? Correct. So um, right now my main thing is I'm mostly in artist alleys because I'm a small-time crafter. I'm not necessarily a big business, so it's not the price difference in, you know, getting a dealer's table versus an artist table when you're on such a low scale is definitely a big one. But um, yeah. Yeah, Ted and I know all about the price differences between the two. <laughs> we we could only afford the Artist Alley at uh, GalaxyCon last year. Um, we we kind of shat ourselves when we saw the prices for the other tables. We're like, oh yeah, like those aren't for us. Like we don't make money. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think though, for some of the people that, or for I would say for most of the people that get a booth like that, they're they're selling like comics or something so they're probably doing all right whereas you and me were just like hey you want some buttons and some candy <laughs> not in a weird way though <laughs> <laughs> right like yeah we we made it a point to like not actively pass it out to only children we were like kids you can have the candy if your parents say your it's parents okay but okay. don't listen to our podcast one because it's garbage and two because um it's not for kids so <laughs> Um, but, um, yeah, anyways, Mimi, sorry to cut you off. No, nah, um, you're good. Yeah, so you, uh, tell me about the, the stuff that you sell at your, your Artist Alley booth. Okay, so I sell mostly bath and body stuff, cosmetic stuff, things. So my big thing is bath bomb, soaps, you know, shower steamers and things like that, which is, in itself, was ironic when I first started off, because you don't think of people taking showers and staying clean when they're at cons, because some people just stink. Yeah. Yes. It's called Calm Funk for a reason. Yeah. So it was kind of it was a weird little spot that I managed to weasel myself into, and it's it worked out really well for me. Like the first year I did it was at GMX in 2016, I think. Oh, no, 2015. 2015. And um, mm. that was the first year that I did it, and it 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 was great. Like it went way better than I thought it would, and I was super nervous. I'm like, nobody's gonna buy anything. Nobody wants to buy soap at a convention. <laughs> I mean, it's appropriate, though. When I was you say, think yeah, about it. If you think about it, that's like the perfect place to sell it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, especially for the people that are like staying at the hotel over yeah. the weekend. Um, I mean, like, uh, I mean, typically you get soap from the hotel. You know, the, the person that cleans your room, they give you your soap. But, you know, if you can't use that soap or if you want something a little special, then fuck, like you got some killer ass homemade bath bombs. 
And I was kind of the big push too, like, hey, you could take a bath with your friend and enjoy it together, you know, like, <laughs> right. <laughs> and it was yeah. kind of, it just, it was a weird niche. It kind of, it worked out for me though. And, um, and as I'm tabling more and more, there's definitely a lot more bath and body people coming in. Mm-hmm. Um, more recently, like, MTAC is usually two people. It's usually either, it's me and then it's Bombardier. But this past MTAC, or what would have been this past MTAC, there was um, five other Bath and Body people that had applied. Oh, wow. And um, since MTAC is on a jury, or it's a lot of jury, um, jury selection, which actually is okay. pretty common with a lot of artist alleys now, because it's super competitive because everybody's kind of, you know, it's a millennial thing. You want to do something fun with your job. You want right. to do something fun. So everybody's putting in their crafting, everybody's putting in their artwork, their drawings, and stuff like that they're trying to sell. So... There were only about 25 slots in MTAC. Last year, they had 400 people sign up. Holy shit. It, yeah, it was pretty bad. And, like, so it's a lottery, and then it's a, or juried first, and then it's a lottery. So okay. they got to go through everybody's portfolio. You have to submit a portfolio. They go to the portfolio to pick out the ones they like. And it's like they have a set amount per category. Like if you do comic book art, they'll maybe take like, you know, four people out of comics or, you know, four people out of anime, things like right. that. And then when it gets to the lottery portion, then that's what they're drawing straws. They're like, okay, you get in or you don't get in. Right. So it's, it's been pretty competitive. I mean, MTAC is a small scale. Um, a lot of the bigger cons, like um, MomoCon is also lottery, uh, no, the jury lottery as well. Mm-hmm. And then that one's hard to get into, and it's really expensive to table at. So, yeah, <laughs> we, yeah. We, we picked up on that. We, uh, I, I don't know if we knew the price of the booth before we applied, but like, uh, so I mean, back it up a little bit. Like, we, uh, Ted and I, we haven't had too much of an issue getting accepted into cons. Like, and I feel somehow, <laughs> yeah, like I feel kind of guilty about it, like, actually, really guilty because. Like we're we're relatively new and like people have been around for a while, like doing their thing, selling their stuff and and are, you know, they still struggle as more and more people like kind of hop on that train to do that thing or sell that product. They, you know, it be, like you said, Mimi, it becomes more competitive uh, during the application process. And so since we're a podcast, one and two, we're typically not selling anything like it's it's a no brainer for people to accept us be like, Oh, they have no fucking competition. So we'll gladly take their money. Um, and, and then like we saw the booth fee for MomoCon and we promptly shat our pants, uh, because we we're like, well, that is a lot of money for a podcast who doesn't really sell anything. So, um, yeah, if we end up going to MomoCon next year, which I'm, you know, I think we're still planning on, we're definitely planning on, um, selling stuff like some stickers and i think we're going to make some exclusive buttons and and all that to sell to our bodies (laughs) (laughs) right but you're like you can rent out my chest like you can you can write stuff on my on my hairy nipples like (laughs) 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 maybe i'll even supply the sharpies They'll be extra large, so maybe they'll work better. I, I don't, I don't know how that works, but anyways, uh, getting off track once again. Um, so you, you had talked about uh, some like 
some some pros and cons of being an exhibitor at at conventions and uh, some some pros and cons have already kind of come up naturally when you were talking about the the competition and all that is there is there anything else that that you'd like to talk about as far as uh, you know things that are good to know for the common folk about like being an exhibitor um you definitely want to have a table partner or at least you know a cousin a friend or whatever to work with you because you do want to go to the bathroom at some point you definitely don't want to leave your booth alone but, right uh, and i don't know like i guess the big thing i would say right now is that a lot of you it's a business, so you gotta roll with it. You gotta know what the trend is. You gotta know what you know. What are people gonna buy? Because it would totally suck to show up at a convention and nobody wants to buy something that you made three years ago because it was three years old. So right, you gotta keep up with it. And like another thing, I try to tell people is that if you're an artist, if you're actually like selling product, you shouldn't know the convention that you're going to. Like it kind of sucks mm-hmm. to sign up blindly because um, I want to say it was GMX a couple years ago or and I wanted to convention. There was a girl who had signed up and um, she did horror art. Okay. Which was pretty cool because you don't see very much of that in the local comic right. scene at all. So that yeah, was pretty sure. cool. But she refused to do fan art. She only did original art. So, you know, people would be like, sure. okay, I really like your art, but can you draw my favorite character in that style? Mm-hmm. And she's like, no. So she didn't make very much money that, that year because she didn't adapt to the customers sure like uh yeah um ted was that something that one of the girls from uh, galaxy con brought up uh like the the ratio of business they had of like original works of art versus like fan art um no that was uh russ russ and i were talking about that the guy next okay. to us oh yeah um, yeah because I, I asked him i was just curious you know i was like because he had both. He had his own style and he had his own original work, but he also had like popular characters done mm-hmm. in that, like he had kind of like a pulp sci-fi style, um, you know, uh, popular characters done kind of in that, that art style. And I was like, man, what do you sell the most of? Is it your own stuff or is it like your interpretation of popular characters? And he's like, oh, popular characters. And it's not close. Yeah. Which was kind of depressing, but like it also kind of made sense because, you know, um, just to use like Marvel comics as an example, like the biggest movie in history, not adjusted for inflation is a Marvel comics movie. So it makes sense that people are going to be like, Oh, I want this captain America drawing more than I want this random guy with a laser rifle drawing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, God, that dude was, uh, he was pretty insightful. Um, but yeah, he was, yeah. Uh, but Mimi, what you, what you said, uh, kind of, harping back to to this it's it kind of makes sense i mean it it is uh, a little unfortunate in some rights but you are definitely correct when uh when you talk about like wanting to stay stay current and 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 make sure that you you know your target audience your target demographic especially for for that particular convention so that's interesting that's like a lot of things that people when they first dive into artist alleys and stuff like that they're like okay i can draw people like my drawing or like i have so many followers on instagram or tumblr or whatever and then they try to dive into a table and they're they're not selling anything because they're not really like i said they're not really doing much fan art or they just don't know what to sell so like right if anybody's listening the big things that are selling right now are pins people love pins because they're usable you know like prints people buy so every once in a while but what do you do with them you stick them on a wall you put them in a folder 
Mm -hmm. But when you have pins and buttons and things like that, you get to wear your fandom. You get to take it anywhere you go. So that's a big thing that's selling right now. So that that and keychains and stuff like that, that's what sells. And it changed every few years. Like a couple years ago, it was um, bags that were selling a lot, like little zipper bags that you can put like your pencils and stuff in. Okay. So it's, it's always changing. So it's good to know. It's good to be involved with the convention so you know what you're getting yourself into. And, you know, you definitely got to make sure you have a good portfolio because, like I said, a lot of people sometimes will think, um, okay, I'm going to sell at an anime convention. I'm going to submit only anime artwork. But they don't want to see that. They want to mm-hmm. see, usually, I think most conventions are, you can have up to 75% fan art. You have to have at least 25% original art. Okay. But they want to see that you can not just only, you know, do, you know, your fan art, but you can right. you know, see you got to do other stuff so you can bring something else to the table because anybody can do fan art, more or less. So anybody mm-hmm. that can draw can generally do fan art. So you know the, they don't want to keep the table different. You know you don't want everybody selling the same picture. Of, I don't know Naruto or something like that. Yeah, yeah, that's that's interesting what you said about like making sure that even if you're going to an anime convention that you you know you, you can do like fan art or original art that's not just geared towards like anime like that it's geared towards other fandoms as well it's it's pretty interesting i mean it, it makes sense because i've been to uh i mean ted and i have been to mtac we've been to KaiCon, uh you know a few other anime conventions and like there's i mean yes it's heavy on anime but there's like everything there um there's cosplayers from all fandoms there's all different kinds of exhibitors so what you said makes makes perfect sense um but yeah uh so when we were talking the other day uh, you you had mentioned uh one or two things about like having an idea of what like the quote-unquote new normal might be like going forward for for conventions and and cosplay at conventions for artists and exhibitors um when when conventions are Hopefully, when they're finally a thing again, um, do would you like to elaborate on on some of those things? Um, yeah. So, obviously, it's really hard to social distance at a convention. So that's like that's a whole issue within itself. Mm-hmm. But um, what I've been hearing, there are a couple of conventions that are supposedly still going to happen this fall in other states. And what they're telling their artists is that the hotel is making them have a plexiglass shield around their table. Okay. So with most people, that works out okay because they're just selling prints. They're selling pins and stuff like that that, you know, you can just point, like, at the menu and just be like, I want that, I want that, and you pull it from the back so there's no no contact. But if you're right. somebody like a crafter or like me where, you know, whether or not somebody's going to buy something depends on if they want to be able to touch it, like a plush, or you know, they want to be able to smell it. Mm-hmm. If they can't smell it, they can't touch it, they're not going to buy it. So what are we going to do? So we got to figure out how are we going to adapt to this, you know, and then artist alley, they're going to be less tables. So it's going to become even more competitive because we have to social distance and we got to keep tables six feet apart. That right. cuts it in half. So there's even more competition now. And, you know, they're going to make it, you know, either going one way, follow one way. So you got to be able to get your audience and you got to get them to, you know, be interested before they, you know, walk away and they're never going to want to go back to that queue again. So. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah that's man that's crazy like you know i i mean i i get like having a plexiglass thing but i mean it's it's kind of weird like would they like require uh, an artist or exhibitor to like bring their own like thing or would 
You think that they would like supply it? From what I'm hearing, they are expecting artists to bring their own. <laughs> okay, perfect. <laughs> right. So, on top of everything else, we got a drag with us now. We got to bring along a big old sheet of plexiglass. Jesus fucking oh, god. Uh, all right, Ted. Well, you're going to be in charge of carrying that, okay? Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and tell you that if that's the case, we're not going to be doing a lot of conventioning next year. Yes. Um, <laughs> I uh... Actually, you know what, on second thought, I think we'll do more conventioning because that will keep the unwashed masses away from me. So, yes. Let's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, right now is a great time to open up an online store. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, we, we are in the middle of doing just that. <laughs> We're moving the products that I've been trying to, uh, or we were thinking about bringing to our next conventions, like our stickers and buttons and all that, uh, where they're now all going online. And, and Mimi, you, uh, I, I think we were talking about this before we hit record, but you were talking about trying to get something up off the ground um, in terms of like an online store or a subscription service. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Can I do a self plug? I can. All right. So um, obviously there's no conventions going on right now. So there's really, most of my sales are done in person. So mm-hmm. I, I really had to rethink how it's going to do everything. Like it's not just, you know, running everything. just like, okay, conventions coming up. I'll make everything for the convention. Now I actually have to actively, promote I, even more than I did before and then right now I'm thinking about moving on to Patreon and setting up like a bat bomb of the month type club or I make a certain theme each month and then the subscribers will get first dibs on that and so on and so on right. and it's just like it's kind of a big thing like just, obviously social media is such a big thing right now and it's, it's it's a lot of business work now you know it's kind of like it's mm-hmm. it's the one thing that people don't really think about when they get into artist alley is that you're crossing over from just being a casual artist to being a business person and yeah. if you don't have that business mindset you'll get overwhelmed you'll you might fail it gets frustrating sometimes so you got to be quick you got to think about it and um the internet's probably the best thing right now everybody's got their instagram everybody's got their facebook so Selling online is definitely the thing to do. Um, you should definitely support all your local artists. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, I, I'm and I'm going to continue to keep up with uh, the the progress on on your Patreon because as soon as it kicks off, like one, I want to participate. Uh, I don't personally take baths, but my wife takes baths primarily david uh, so. is actually the dirtiest person i've ever met in my life he's never, <laughs> yes he's never bathed uh, at all yeah i'm i'm basically what uh who's it wasn't linus that had like the giant cloud of, uh who, who pig pen that's right pig pen yeah from from the peanuts um so like uh, the spidey suit is like a containment unit kind of keeping the yeah. funk away right yeah right it yeah. keeps all the onion smell contained the within funk. my my armpits and my junk area uh and then when the suit comes off it's like holy hell like someone just uh you know baked five million onions in this room like what the hell is going on uh and everyone points to me uh no actually that doesn't happen um <laughs> People yeah, are screaming, people children are crying. <laughs> right, like, oh my, it smells like Bigfoot's dick. <laughs> uh, but anyways, uh, I, I see, this is what happens when I get off on tangents. I totally fucking forget the point that I was trying to make. Um, I, I think we were talking about your Patreon. Um, I, I definitely want to support it going forward. But 
um, and and I want to plug it like in in the show notes and on our social media to to kind of get you some recognition. I'm not going to promise that it's like it's going to be seen by everyone uh, because you know we have like what Ted all all four of our listeners I, I think uh, I think we've upgraded to five. But uh, oh oh big big money big money big money in the way. <laughs> Uh, but yes, we, I mean, that's, that's what we're here for. Kind of like you said, it's, it's important to support local businesses, support your friends, support their, their hobbies, their side gigs, uh, et cetera. So we, we definitely want to do that when, whenever that, that time comes when, when you get it off the ground. So, so yeah. Um, but, um, was there anything else that that you wanted to talk about in terms of like your your business with um and you said it's called uh bats baths right yes cool yeah um is are you online at all right now in terms of like like selling your stuff um and like doing mail orders or are you primarily like on location i am doing online orders it's um website www.batsbats.com so it's pretty not you know not too long of a URL, I sure. guess. But um, and I'm I'm trying to be active on Instagram. I mean, in all honesty, I've been kind of burnt out with this whole virus thing going on. So, girl, same. I'm just kind of like, I, I guess I'll do it. <laughs> but like, I know I got it, so it's kind of getting off my ass about that. So, yeah, no, Ted and I relate. Like, and the podcast doesn't even really make money. In fact, it's kind of the opposite, right? Like we, like we pour money into it and then get. <laughs> uh but like and it felt i don't want to say pointless to keep going after pointless is a good word (laughs) (laughs) well it was it was so weird when like the the pandemic like we saw our first spike here and like everyone started working from home and all that shit because like people i guess we learned primarily listen to podcasts during their commute to work and so we were getting some really good numbers uh, through January and February. And all of a sudden in March, it took a fucking nosedive. And so we're like, like we, we talked about it. You know, should we like take a break? Like, is there a point in doing in episodes? And like, we just uh, ultimately we decided that it like, it wasn't worth like falling out of practice and all that. So we're like, it, it doesn't cost us anything to really do it. Like uh, other than, you know, keeping the website running and our free time of you know, plugging things on the internet, on social media and all that. So yeah, it's definitely a lot harder to bounce back when you kind of slow down after a while. So, right. Yeah. That's, and that's what, I mean, I, I can't speak for Ted, but that's what I was personally terrified of was just falling out of practice and not being able to bounce back after taking a while. And the thing about podcasts, I mean, really any kind of business, whether it's brick and mortar online or a hybrid of both uh, is just maintaining that consistency. And we, we definitely wanted to maintain some consistency and I think we've done all right. Um, So, um, but yeah, uh, let's see what next, what next Um, do, um, do you want to throw out any uh, kind of bouncing back to like the, the convention slash cosplay side of things. Um, do you do you have any helpful tips for any anyone that's interested in kind of like getting into cosplay, interested in starting to attend conventions, uh, either as a cosplayer or slash attendee, 
or even as an artist or exhibitor. Um, sorry, I, I know that was kind of a, a lot, but nah, it's cool. So as a cosplayer, I just kind of want to say, you know, like first and foremost, you cosplay whoever you want. It doesn't really matter what anybody else says because it's about you. But um, also, you don't need to dive deep in you know it doesn't have to be 100% screen accurate you know you just have fun with it you know represent who your favorite characters are and so on so on if you if you have fun you'll you'll get better at it you know you got to keep working at it it's not something that well for most people it's not something that just falls right into your lap some people are unfortunately blessed with that kind of talent mm-hmm. so they can you know give them a cardboard box and they'll make you a full set of armor <laughs> right yeah yeah yeah, um, you, you, the other day you, uh, when, when we were talking, kind of coming up with some talking points, uh, you, you mentioned something about what uh, one of your, like, I guess, quote unquote specialties or your, your main interests uh, is, is representation in Western media. Um, yeah, so and, and that's kind of, of a big thing. Like, you know, you mentioned that you went to anime conventions and it's not just 100% animated. A lot of different right. media presences there. So I thought it was kind of a better big thing for me. Like, I'm not really that big into anime. Like, I literally watch 1.5 anime a year. <laughs> it's like, I'll watch one season of one and then like maybe a couple of episodes of another one. So it's like 1.5. That's my that's my quota. I, I can't go over that. It's a little bit too much for me sometimes. But Yeah, um, that's... That's kind of me. I, I've seen Attack on Titan and One Punch Man. And of course, I grew up with Pokemon and Digimon and uh, stuff like that. That was really big in the 90s. But um, that's that's about it. <laughs> yeah. So naturally, that most of the conventions I am going to are anime conventions. Both of them are anime conventions. Or even when you go to a comic convention, there's a lot of anime presence because that just happens to be what's, what's popular right now. So mm-hmm. that being said... Um, it's kind of a, it's kind of an iffy conversation to have, but like, sure, I'm Asian American, so it's kind of a weird thing. Where like, okay, I just told you guys you can cosplay whoever you want, doesn't matter what anybody thinks. But you know, it's you can say that, but at the same time, you know, it's burning into your head. Like, um, is this okay? What do people think? Do I look like an idiot? Kind mm. of thing. And like, sometimes I worry about cosplaying outside of my ethnicity. Like, you know, I've seen, po- we've all seen the posts online, like, you know, someone's, someone who's black cosplayed that Naruto, they're never just like, oh, that's a good Naruto cosplayer, or like, oh, that's a black Naruto, or, you know, just not right. turning accurate because they're black, or, you know, for, you know, like, um, I guess a tricky, another tricky one would be like, um, can somebody who's white cosplay is a black panther? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of, it gets tricky where you want to cosplay within your own ethnicity because that's where you're comfortable but at the same time it's it can get kind of um restricting restricting there's only so many characters like um like i said i'm not a big anime character kind of person so i'm pretty big on comics definitely marvel comics and there's only a handful of asian american characters so that's why i get super excited every time i see a new one like when silk finally came out i was super excited about that that's like she's awesome i just started read or uh, the run of spider-man that i'm reading right now um, introduced her and I was like, holy shit, she's like she can best Spider-Man. Like, where's she been? Yeah, my- you can't fucking best Spider-Man though. All right. All right. <laughs> okay, Terry. All right. You were having a moment. I'm sorry. That was that was uncomfortable. <laughs> no, it's okay. Uh but anyways, that was an illegal segue. That was just me like, oh yeah, nerding out about silk. Anyways, go ahead. So you know it's it's nice to have characters that you can cosplay and um without having to deal with that repercussion of possibly someone seeing you online and being like, 
oh, why aren't you blank, blank, blank? And it's kind of like, well, one, why do you care? But two, it's kind of like, it's, um, it's exhausting to hear those kind of comments. So, and yeah, I want to, I want to take a quick second to say like, fuck all those people like that, that, that say that hateful, hurtful shit, like has no place like being in existence anywhere ever. Like, what does it matter if you're cosplaying? I mean, I think as lo- I think the universal like acceptance that we can all like come to terms with is as long as you're not doing blackface uh, or or you're like painting yourself to be another race. Yeah, cosplay the character, not the person, or exactly. not the ethnicity. You know, because like um, right. kind of going back to it, like I started off cosplaying in Hawaii. I went to convention in Hawaii, and a majority of the Hawaiian population is either Native Hawaiian or some form of Asian. So sure. to me, it wasn't really that weird to see, like, you know, I go to my Marvel convention or Marvel photo shoots and everybody is Asian American. Mm-hmm. It's just not a big deal. Like, oh man, that's a really good Captain America cosplay, right? But like when I'm um, when we move back to the mainland and stuff like that, we go start going to conventions. Um, we were doing a lot of press work at the time. So we would be taking pictures at conventions and we post them on our website and stuff like that. And every once in a while you see comments like, oh man, that's a really good Asian Captain America. Or, you know, it would be better if, you know, it would be more accurate if it were the white person, the kind of thing. Like, you know, why does that matter? <laughs> it fucking doesn't. But some people cannot wrap their little pea-sized brain around the 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 fact that like that's not what cosplay is about. Like, it's not like if you want to see like an accurate like Captain America, go read the fucking comics, like or or watch the movie, like watch uh, Chris, uh, what's his name, uh, just play the shit out of that role. But like. I mean, that's what cosplay is all about. It's about expanding your horizons, expanding like what you thought you knew and, and accepting like, you know, the, that like you can, it's cosplay. Like you, you, you're being someone else. Yeah. And it's like, okay. Like they said in Spider-Verse, anybody can wear a mask. It's like- exactly. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's, uh, that's probably my favorite like line that translates to this topic is, is the thing with spider-man is that's his thing like anyone could wear the mask and that's a a a truth that rings loudly i think or or apparently not loud enough um for for some people that just need to realize that it's not a big fucking deal to cosplay as a character that's not your ethnicity um and i'm i mean i'm for what it's worth like i'm really sorry that you and other people of color like have to deal with that bullshit yeah it, it's just it sucks that it has to be like an afterthought like anything you do you got to think about it for a second like is, is this sure. going to be okay or like um kind of off uh, not really off topic but like um like i said when i was in hawaii everybody was asian nobody batted an eye if they cosplayed cyclops whoever you know we did right. charity work out there and nobody cared that you know it wasn't 100 percent screen accurate but coming right. out here um in tennessee i've done some charity work out here and it's kind of like the kids get suspicious mm-hmm. if you don't look exactly like the character. Like, um, sure. one of my cosplays, I have um, Spider-Man 2099, but it's a female version, so the shading is female. And, okay. and I'm obviously a female, so... Right. Like, at first, the kids didn't really... Like, I did a middle school event, so I'm, like, sitting here at a middle school. It was pretty funny. It looked like the Spider-Man meme, because I'm sitting at the desk in my spider suit, just sitting there. And... <laughs> I couldn't see anything. So I'm just like sitting there like, I don't know what's going on. 
And then, like, you know, the kids, after a while, the kids are like, oh, man, you know, I remember seeing your character in Spider-Verse and stuff like that. Some kids were pretty cool about it. But then, uh-huh. like, some of the some of the girls came by, and, you know, the, the, you could already tell they were, the, like, the mean girls. They're like, that's mm-hmm. a girl. That's a girl under that costume. Why is she dressed up as Spider-Man? Spider-Man, I thought a girl. And it's like, oh, let's keep my mask on. Then. I don't want, I don't want to know what else you're going to say. I mean, these are middle schoolers. They're mean. Right. I mean, like, obviously you've never heard of, like, Spider-Girl or, like, any of the other, like, million of... Spider-People. Um, <laughs> right, yes. Like, I, I just I just finished, like, the... Um, uh, the vol- I think it was volume three of, you know, one of the most more contemporary Spider-Man uh, comic books. Uh, it, it was the, the Spider-Verse one where a lot of inspiration was pulled from that for the Miles, um, for, uh, for Into the Spider-Verse. And, um, and yeah, I did not realize how many fucking Spider-People there are. There's a lot. It, um, it gets ridiculous as you know this. Spider Cop, there's Cowboy Spider Man, there's Yes. My favorite is Spiders Man, with like ten thousand spiders <laughs> that take their Peter Parker. Yes. Uh yeah, I like and like the biggest like fuck me moment was when uh Miles like teams up with one of the spider people that has a car and he's like driving around and I'm like, what like cause I saw a Lego set a couple weeks ago that had Spider-Man and a car. And I was like, what the fuck? He's got web shooters. Like he doesn't need a car. Like, why does he have a car? And and come to find out there is a spider person that has a car. Peter Parker had a fucking car, man. Well, it was more like an SUV, but he had it. Was it? Mm -hmm. Uh, Okay. Well, you know, again, I'll go fuck myself. Um, What do I know? People were doing a lot of Coke, man. That's all I'm going (laughs) to say. I mean, as far as I know, I think people are still doing a lot of coke, especially now. I mean, what else are you going to do, right? You're home home all day. Like, you got to get shit done. Like, so might as well, you know, bump it off, get the day started right. I mean, are the dealers doing, like, you know, no contact <laughs> delivery? Like, <laughs> right, yeah. yeah, you got to make it through your, uh, your UPS or FedEx or Amazon Prime route, you know, pretty quick. You know, got to step on it. So get that morning bump. Or, or just, you know, put it in your coffee. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm speaking out of turn. I've never done cocaine. So. It doesn't last that long. <laughs> no? Okay. Well, I I mean, I've... I don't even know what drugs are, okay? I've... <laughs> That's a lie. Um, but but anyways, um, Mimi, I, I, I'm, I'm sorry. We, we kind of got off on several tangents uh, again. Um, was there anything else that uh, we haven't covered yet within the representation of Western media that, that you wanted to cover. Um, I was probably just going to finish up my last thought where I was saying like, you know, yeah. in Hawaii, it didn't really matter what ethnicity you were because everybody's just kind of like, okay, you're, you're a superhero. You're Captain America in Hawaii. Of course you would be Asian kind of, but like when I'm out here and I'm doing like the charity work and stuff like that, the kids do get a little suspicious if you're not true to character right. to, to them. It's not really about, well, kids are just weird in general. Like some of them just don't care. It's like, oh my god, it's a character, it's a superhero, it's cool. But right. other, some other kids are just like, hold on, I'm a little suspicious. Like, I had my doubts about Santa, but I definitely have doubts about you, kind of thing, you know? So sure, it's, it's it helps to have characters that you can relate to. Like, you know, I do my Mantis. She's 
her actress is Asian American. She's a she appears to be Asian American in the comic, even though she's she's an alien, so who knows what she is. But it it helps with the realism a little bit. It helps with the illusion, and that's why I think it's important that we have these characters. Mm-hmm. It's kind of it's like I said, it's a little double sided. Like I still say, you should character you should cosplay whoever you want, but sure. it definitely helps have characters that you're comfortable with and. In Western media, there needs to be more because, like, like I don't watch anime. I'm like, I don't want to be constricted just to work, you know, cosplaying only anime characters when I only care about maybe one or two of them enough to wear their costume. Right. Yeah, for sure. No, I'll, I'll definitely echo that. Like, I mean, you, you kind of said uh, the the way you put it is kind of like double sided. Like, you know, you should uh, like representation is very important. But at the same time, like you, you still you should you should be able to feel comfortable cosplaying as as whatever character that you want, um, you know that that's that's pretty important. But you know at the same time, you know having that representation, it's it's also important. So, so yeah. Um, but but yeah, Mimi, was there anything else like uh, that that you wanted to talk about? Um, any anything that we haven't covered up until this point? Mm, um, not really much that I can think of. Um, well, we don't really talk about panels too much, but um, sure, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I think we talked about the uh, um, the the, the super suit panel. Yeah, um, like the panels that I do. Um, but I would say if you want to run a panel, and obviously it's like it's got to be a topic that you're interested in that you you feel comfortable talking about, and mm-hmm. um, you feel that other people want to be you know want to would want to be interested in because that's mm-hmm. that's another pretty competitive part of conventions too is that there'd only be so many panel slots but everybody wants to do a fan panel and like one of the biggest like i wouldn't really say that well, i guess maybe it's a little bit of a pet peeve that a lot of conventions runners get is that everybody wants to do a ass blank 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 character panel where they have like a whole panel of um I don't know, Attack on Titan characters, and then they act in character, and the audience asks them questions. Mm. That, that kind of gets redundant after a while, because then people start asking, you know, it's an anime community, it's a comic community, you know, like, like, I've seen it with um, a voice actor panel, where they were all in character and stuff like that, and somebody would say, like, well, if you're Korra, and you're Sephiroth, who would date Cloud? Mm-hmm. And then the voice actor, she's like, or whoever's running the panel, she's like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, <laughs> like that—that that would be my—that would be my uh, uh, response. To <laughs> so I'm—I'm I'm, kind of glad that that would be the appropriate. This is, this is why I'm glad that David and I have never uh, actually gone through with running a panel because. I would not be kind to that person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were we were supposed to run a panel for uh, what, what Evil was Con. it? Evil, yeah, for Evil Con in Evansville, Indiana, and we we got approved pretty quickly for, for our panel. <laughs> what did you say, Ted? Somehow, <laughs> you're right. Yeah, like, you're not an actual character panel, yeah. right? No, I I think that was it because our panel idea was like nothing I had really ever seen or heard of in, in terms of like other panels that have existed before. 
Um, it was literally just going to be us talking about what it's like to be two idiots that are trying to pursue like a side gig that is a podcast. Yes, and... but we're going to do it as anime characters answering questions. <laughs> that was no, that's not true. No. But maybe in the future we can look into that. <laughs> if we ever become well-versed enough in anime, which I'm not sure if that's ever going to happen. Uh, not not because I don't want to try, but because uh, my time is, is scarce and I prefer, you know... Uh, getting high and, and watching stupid uh, movies that I've seen a million times. Um, so, you know, there's that. Um, so if there's ever a grandma's boy panel, <laughs> we've got that shit on lockdown. <laughs> Holy shit. I, I come home from work and what do I see? It's the fucking king of the jungle up in my tray. <laughs> I'm way too big to the drive to the devil's house. You can get past a dog, David. Nobody's fucking with a lion. No one gets past a lion, bro. That that's what we should do. Like, we should do a panel where like people throw out like movie quotes or, or be like, "Hey, quote this movie," uh, and and see like how how long we can keep it going. Is yeah. that better or worse than answering questions as anime characters? I think that yeah. would be better. <laughs> what if we What if we do the movie quotes as anime characters? <laughs> I don't know. That's another layer of them, you know. It's shit all the way down. It so. yeah. <laughs> We're talking onions, and there's just too many layers. So, uh, God. <laughs> Ma- Mimi, you might need to join us like part time from here on out because, like, it's like an onion. There's layers to this. Is like one of our many like taglines, right, Ted? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like. I, I've tried to have like so many running gags and taglines and whatnot. And Ted's, he always responds like, sure, whatever. Like, like I came up with the tagline for our uh, goes to the movies episodes. And uh, he's like, no, it wasn't. No, I wasn't. No, no. <laughs> and so we were, we just started saying, okay, do the movies thing. Bye. <laughs> it's to the point, you know, it's quick. <laughs> Right, yeah. It's, it's unique, for better or worse. non-descriptive. Yes. <laughs> Very confusing. <laughs> All the things a good catchphrase should be. <laughs> yes. It makes you feel confused, but also aroused. But also maybe afraid, too. <laughs> yeah, the tingles in. <laughs> yes, I got the tingles in my underpants. Yes. The uh, The three feelings that all catchphrases <laughs> should strive to make you feel. Fear. Confusion and sexual arousal. <laughs> See, there's your panel, how not to run a podcast. <laughs> Man, we could we could run the shit out of that panel. We'd just talk about everything that we do. Yes, but as anime characters. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. Um, <clears throat> well, we've... Uh, we... <laughs> so, uh, away from us. Yeah, well, two, it's a good thing that that's pretty on par for our show. So, um, but I, I think that's that that's going to do it for, for us this evening or oh, this afternoon or this morning when whenever you're listening to this podcast. Uh, Mimi, uh, thank you once again for coming on and, and being a guest and, and imparting some of your precious wisdom onto Ted and I, as well as our listeners. Uh, do Would you like to... Go ahead and plug your 
um, your uh, Todd. Sorry, it's it's been a long day. You plug your thing, plug yeah. your stuff. I, I, I don't even know what it's here. So I am. I guess I am Bats Bats. So <laughs> I'm Bats Bats. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook. It's probably the easiest way to keep up with what I'm doing. I do have a website. It's www.batsbats.com. It's a lot to say. I have a lisp, so sometimes it sounds like I'm just saying bat, 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 bat. But <laughs> I'll, I'll put it in the show notes so uh, people will have a link for it. All right. That sounds good. Um, cool. I'm going to be kicking off some new stuff. Um, my birthday's coming up, so I'm trying to give myself the deadline. Like, all right. Make a shit done before my birthday. Yeah, that's a good deadline. Um, but yes, thank you once again, Mimi, for for joining us. I, I greatly appreciate it. Um, Ted appreciates it as well. I'm going ahead and speaking for him. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, listeners, if you have made it this far, congratulations. And I am sorry. Uh, but yes, you. Uh, I owe you an ice cream for making it this far. Um, but not in a yeah. weird way. <laughs> like I owe you an ice cream in a weird way? No, but not. I just said not in a weird way, David. <laughs> or I owe you an ice cream not in a weird way? Oh my god! <laughs> Sorry, I, I stopped on. paying. It, I stopped paying attention whenever you talk. I apologize. As one should. Right. Uh, but anyways, uh, like always, you can find us on all the social media: Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, subscribe to the podcast wherever you find podcasts we're pretty much everywhere if we're not somewhere that you listen to podcasts let us know we'll rectify that unless um, it costs money yes unless in which it costs case we're money. not going to be there anytime soon <laughs> right yeah well um, yeah uh, it's not that counts you know you dare in spirit ex- exactly well, not even spirit really because <laughs> Uh, and we are on Spotify and YouTube. Those are like the top two questions we always get. Are you on Spotify and YouTube? And the answer is yes. We get asked that a lot, but by our metrics, like Apple podcast is the number one oh. thing that people listen to us on. So I feel yeah. like people are lying when they ask. That. <laughs> uh, it's trying yeah. to be nice. I mean, so, so what I think is Maybe that... Maybe that's their sort of way of telling us to shut the fuck up. <laughs> what I think is those people, like, maybe listen to, like, one or two episodes, and they're like, all right, these guys obviously are fucking morons. So they're, into, uh, they're intelligent people, I understand. Yes, and they move on to something that's more worthwhile for their time. Um, whereas the people on uh, that listen on Apple Podcasts, they... I mean, according to, like, podcast metrics, I've read that people with iPhones are more likely to listen to podcasts, uh, maybe because the Apple Podcast app is far superior than the Android native podcast app, which is... Shots, shots fired. There's yes. an Android uh, app? Uh, yeah, it's... Uh, it's it, it was Google Play, and now it's just Google Podcasts, but... Um, and, and I tried to look into it as far as... Like, you can't download it on an iOS phone. Yeah. Um, you, you can always, like... You, you can only go to, like, the the Google podcast like website or whatever. Um, but there's like no way to leave ratings and reviews. Uh, there is, I'm trying to remember some of the other complaints that were thrown out. One of them was like it, uh, a lot of the times it doesn't start back. Like if you push pause on a podcast and come back to that episode later, uh, it doesn't start at the place that you left off. Like it, it kind of wiped it clean or something. Um, I don't know. There, there was a bunch of people complaining. I'm, I, I, I don't want to speak out of turn. I've already thrown enough mud at, at this, uh, at this thing, but, um, yeah. 
what I'm getting at is that we're on a lot of fucking podcast platforms, and if <clears throat> there's one out there that we're not on, then I'm sorry. And like I said, let us know, and we'll we'll figure out how to uh, how to get us on there. Um, but anyways, uh, that'll that'll do it for today uh, for this episode. Thank you for tuning in, and as always, be kind, stay peaky, and eat lots of cheesecake. Bye. Yeah.